to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. It's Monday. 426 and we back. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk Podcast. Uh, this week, my co-host Ibrahim was busy. I think he had a show right at the recording time. So, no co-host this week. Uh, he's probably busy with Ramadan and all that type stuff. Uh, but I do have a guest. I got a uh, funny guy. New York City, been in New York City for a minute, uh, from, from the Poconos, uh, Courtney Reynolds, and, uh, we chopped it up here real nice about, what do we talk about? Well, comedy, of course, Co- doing comedy during COVID, and, uh, he gave me a brief fight story, even, so we got a little bit of re- return to the essence here. You're gonna find out why Courtney don't let Barbers slap alcohol on the back of his head. Um, <laughs> ah, what else is going on? What else did we discuss? Oh, the Derek Chauvin verdict and a few other things. Um, which, yeah, we finally got justice. That that felt good. Um, what else? What else is going on, though? Uh, we recorded Saturday. It's now Monday, so... Uh, what what happened over the weekend? Because as always, it feel like right after we record, some major shit happens. President gets assassinated, and it's like, oops, we didn't even cover that on the episode. But I try to do these uh, intros just to keep y'all up- updated on what I got going myself. You know, uh, I don't know. Right now, just trying to. Uh, Trying to stay COVID free because the COVID got me about a month and a half ago or so. So I got a nice little gig in L.A. and uh, I got to pass two COVID tests, one before I leave and one when I get to L.A., which if I fail to one in L.A., I'm going to be highly upset. Just stuck in L.A. with no gig. Anyway, what was I going to say? I just miss the old days when we could just fly out, do our gigs, and fly back, and now you gotta do seven COVID tests, one rapid, one PCR, or whatever, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, man, can we just get back to work? A friend of mine, Adam, Adam Thomas, some of y'all might know him, he used to always say to me, bro, people do not appreciate normal, and he he's right, you know, it's just the idea that, you know, you could wake up every day, go to a job you hate and be miserable. And then one day you might just get in a car accident. Now you're waking up every day, going to a job you hate and also in a wheelchair. So appreciate your fucking normal, whatever that is. As simple as it may be, dog, because I think we all just went through it with the pandemic. Like, yep, should have should have appreciated normal. And you know it's funny because people are whining about not being able to see their family. And it's like, come on, bro. You know you don't like those people. But now that the government ordered you not to see them, all you want to do is see them. And some of us just rebellious by spirit. I know it's in me. That's my nature. Somebody tells me to do something and I don't want to do it, even if it's good for me. Motherfucker could say, get some fresh air. Hey, fuck you, fam. I'm going to go get some not so fresh air. It's 
stand right in the middle of traffic behind a garbage truck and breathe in deeply. <laughs> Just to spite you. Who are you? You ain't the boss of me. Uh, Mortal Kombat movie came out over the weekend. I was excited about that joint, uh, which it's hard to keep up with what number of Mortal Kombat we're even on. I know the second one back in the 90s or when we were kids was called Annihilation. And I think the first one's just called Mortal Kombat. And then this movie's just called Mortal Kombat. So it's a little confusing. But anyway, I enjoyed the new Mortal Kombat. Uh, fucking Sub-Zero in that movie, man. And I mean, you know, if you're into the movie or into the games, you know Sub-Zero was an assassin. So, oh, FYI. There's some spoiler alerts here. So if you haven't watched the movie, probably go ahead and skip ahead about five minutes or so. Get away from this intro because I'm going to make some jokes that may tell you part of the story. (laughs) Uh, I don't know what to tell you if you haven't seen it already. You better create an email and get that free account for seven days. But uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat came out, man. Dope movie, uh, follows the path of Sub-Zero. That, that motherfucker, all pun intended, he was cold as fuck in this movie, dog. Like, nobody wanted to smoke with him. Uh, starts off with him killing Scorpion, and I mean, Scorpion was cold as fuck. You know? Him and Scorpion battle, and then, you know, he gets the best of him. This motherfucker froze Scorpion's blood and then stabbed him with it. And I was like, yo, this motherfucker right here been one of the coldest in the game. I I was still a little salty with Sub-Zero because I never could do his fatality on MK2. The one where he froze him, then walked up on you and uppercutted you and broke you and had pieces. Man, that joint was hard as fuck to do. I think it was just like where you had to stand because, you know, some of them fatalities be hard to pull off because some of them are in close range. Some of them are mid range. Some of them are from far away. And it's just like, man, and don't let it be one of them where, you know, you got a whole block or something or press jump and you fuck around and jump instead of up, down, left, right, C. You press up and your character actually jump and it's just like, shit, I pressed it too hard. Anyways, yeah, it follows the path of uh, Sub-Zero. And like I said, man, you'll enjoy it. It's basically everybody trying to take him down. And then it's basically split off into two teams, Raiden's team versus uh, Shang Tsung and them. And, you know, uh, what's his name? All them uh, bosses come out. Oh, Goro fights in it. Goro shows up. Man, that shit. Goro Edge is still fucked up, but he gets it in, you know. As far as fighting goes, I think one of the dopest moments was uh, Kung Lao, man, using his hat. And at some point, Kano tells him, hey, motherfucker, everybody ain't got a magic hat like you do. Kano's there, and you know, he's a thief. He's there for the comic relief, basically. Uh, And I know some people were saying they didn't like that part, but it's like, hey, somebody got to break them in the knotty of just people fighting and being all serious and shit. So Kano's there cracking his little jokes. He's he's enjoyable. Uh, Sonya Blade, Jax is there. 
At some point, Jax fights Sub-Zero and uh, he keeps the trend of black people talking while fighting going. Jax, uh, Jax tells Sub-Zero at some point, <laughs> uh, hey, I did three tours in Iraq. And it's just like, it's, hey, man, <laughs> you know, black people always got to tell you where they from. Motherfucker, I'm from Oakland, <laughs> Brooklyn. It's like, hey, fam, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm the middle child. I'm a Sagittarius, brother. Ain't nobody ask you all that. All that talking during the fight. Jax was out there with the tough talk. Got his motherfucking arms lost. <laughs> You'll see if you watch the movie. But yeah, the shit, shit was good, man. It was good to see, you know, all the characters you grew up with and shit. Uh, I'd be disappointed Barack don't Baraka don't be in none of the games. He was he was mean with it with the two nines from MK2. MK2's by far my favorite one. I don't know. I think the first one came out. And I mean we all switched from Street Fighter over to Mortal Kombat because it's like, yo, when it first came out, it was just like shocking. I'm like, yo, you can finish people. People like, what's that? What's a fatality? Like, that wasn't even in that wasn't even in the vernacular. That wasn't even in our vocabulary at the time, you know? So it was like, what's a fatality? Oh, that mean to die. Oh, shit. You can, you can put somebody to death on this game? And you know how dramatic they made it. You know, the sky turned dark. It's like, what's happening even? And then the way you got to, you know, push the controller, them shits was like basically as close as you'll come to casting spells on somebody. And, uh, yeah, man, just something thrilling about being able to rip your older brother's head off in the virtual world because you can't do it in real life, you know. I mean, you can, but you'll wind up in jail or some shit. But, yeah, it was it was a big switch because Street Fighter 2 was the shit. But once we figured out, oh, you can finish people, man, game changer. I still remember the blood code for Sega. A, B, A, C, A, C, C, I think is. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the blood code for Sega. I remember my mom got us it, Mortal Kombat 1, and there was no blood when you originally play it. It's like sweat. It's the only thing that comes off them. Even the fatalities change. Like Kano, I think will rip out his fatality. He'll rip out like, yeah. It looked like a liver, like it was gray, right? And then when you put in the blood code, he rips out a heart. That shit is red, and blood is very clearly falling off that heart. Yeah, that shit was a game changer. So, again, it's it's good to see all the characters on screen. Even the uh, Melina's in this joint, man. I think she was out there fighting in some Amazon leggings. <laughs> I don't know, though. Malia, Malia kind of had that little bubble butt on her, dog. She might have to hit us with that OnlyFans link, dog. I don't know what was up with her face, though. She got that those cuts on her face. I guess that's why she wore that mask. But And now we all wearing masks. But, yeah, she got those cuts on her face. like Almost like the Joker when he said his father said, How come you don't smile? So, yeah, maybe she got the same treatment as him. I don't know. But, yeah, the movie is dope overall, I'd say. 
saw some people saying they didn't enjoy it. I'm like, I don't know what there was to enjoy. People, some people want dialogue or story. I just was enjoying the fights. Like I said, Kung Lao saw, saw somebody in half with his hat. Uh, him and Kano fought at some point. Oh, Cabal's in the movie. And uh, he's pissed at Kato in the movie, so that's good to see. Like I said, they almost split off into two teams, you know, kind of the evil squad with Shell Khan and Shane Tsung and Goro and Melina and all of them. And then the good guys, Liu Kang and Kano, which everybody... <laughs> This, the main character in the movie, for some reason, is a new character. I can't even remember his name, honestly. It's just like, who the fuck is this guy, even? And that's the one place everybody agrees on about the movie. It's like, yo, whoever this new guy is that they follow, the main character, get rid of it. Like, who is this? Like, we didn't arrive at Mortal Kombat nepotism. It's Scorpion's nephew or some shit like that. Some long lost, uh, his Scorpion's third cousin on his mama's side. And it's just like, hey, man, I don't nobody know who the fuck this dude is. He's the only thing in the movie that I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Anyway, he fought Jax at some point. Like I told y'all, he, uh. Jax is like most black people. He he talks when he fights, so that's hilarious. <laughs> he said, "This is my third tour in Iraq," and it's like, I hate to tell you this, but Sub Zero don't give a fuck how many tours in Iraq you did. Did you face that uh, off with an Ice Man? That's an assassin. Anyway, um, I, my my only thing is, I I wish they mix in some of the other shit from the games, like the uh. Babalities. They, they they always put all the fatalities in. It's like, give me some of them babalities and the animalities, which I think actually Raptile might have did because Raptile shows up in the movie, but as a Raptile. Um, who else? Raptile, the, the animalities. Oh, and the friendships. It's like shit. When some of these people meet, break off into a friendship. Oh, and when they finish, people, the sky don't turn dark. But everybody was just tripping because they're like, oh, well, the fucking. The sky doesn't turn black like in the game. And it's like, it's not the game. And then everybody's like, oh, what about the. Uh, there's not really a tournament in this movie. And it's like, yeah, the storyline is more like. Uh, if y'all ever played, was it MK Mythologies? What was the name of that joint? But anyway, it was a Sub-Zero solo joint, like a side-scrolling fighter. And it's like, yeah, it's more like that than it is the tournament in the whole nine. But it's some good fight scenes in it. Hmm. Uh, what else that happened uh, over the weekend? What was that? Oh, the Oscars happened yesterday. Uh, I did not watch, which, yeah, I had a friend. I was watching the Pacers play Orlando, and a friend called, and, you watching the Oscars? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> That's the kind of shit I just read about the next day or look at the outfits and go, oh, okay. Motherfucker had on a nice dress. 
<laughs> and that, yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like, yeah, oh, okay. I see, Lupita got a new hairdo. But you don't really sit down and watch it. You're like, oh, Regina Hall, looking good for 50. But, yeah. But that friend, he's in SAG, so. Uh, maybe that's required watching for people who are in SAG. But uh, everybody's a little up salty because Chadwick Boseman didn't win. Some old white guy won for some movie that I can't even remember the fucking name of right now. And that's why I don't watch because I don't watch because most of those movies they pick. I don't even see. I mean, I'm over here raving about Mortal Kombat, which I'm sure will score probably a two on Rotten Tomatoes. No, on Rotten Tomatoes is percent. So they'll probably give it like a 60. So which is funny because critics always like shit that regular people don't enjoy. I mean, go back and look up the scores of any any movie that you hold near and dear to your heart. Go back and look up Friday and I bet Cisco and Ebert gave it two thumbs down or some dumb shit. And it's like, that's a certified classic, dog. Go back and look up The Last Dragon. And I bet that shit got one thumbs up. It's like, yo, in our hearts, that shit is two thumbs up. Don't matter what the critics write. Like, yeah, that that movie Birdman or whatever, year, a few years ago, won. And I, I keep calling them the Oscars, but it's actually the Academy Awards. What the hell am I talking about? Oscars, Tonys, Academy Awards. Who's even keeping up at this damn point? But yeah, Chadwick missed. And I mean, obviously, him, him passing, people are upset because that probably will be his last chance to even win one. And uh, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Unless they got some movies of him in the vault that they never released. I mean, maybe release his high school play or something. See if that can get an Oscar. But whatever, you know. Five Bloods. What's my man named? The OG in Five Bloods. Because Chadwick is actually in it too. And he gives a good performance. But the old man from Crooklyn. What the hell is his name? Oh, Delray. Delray, Delroy. Lindo, that everybody feels like should have been nominated. He carried that movie. If you haven't watched The Five Bloods. No, it's not about gang members in L.A. <laughs> but if you haven't, check out Spike Lee's joint. That's a good one. And yeah, Delroy carries it. And Chadwick is also in that one, which he dies in that one, which is somewhat symbolic. It was released right before he passed. So it's just like, damn. Anyway, what else happened this weekend? Uh, oh, Method Red. Method Red did their verses for 420, which I'm not a smoker. I actually wasn't high. But I, it, it was still really good. Uh, probably would have been better if I was high, though. Um, you know, what's crazy is weed is becoming more and more legal, so... It doesn't seem like it should even be a celebration anymore of like <laughs> all the fun was in the uh, 
having to get it, you know, and in the um, mystery and the danger. There's no mystery or danger in going to a dispensary. It's like the liquor store just about. So, you know, there's that. Uh, yeah, 420 Method Red did they verses. It was one of the most fun verses because there was no competition. You know, those two are like brothers. So, well, yeah, they did all the classics. Uh, they did Rock Wilder. Red Man did I'll Be That, Method Man did M-E-T-H-O-D and all that. Uh, and yeah, it didn't didn't really feel like there was a battle or like anybody was trying to uh, overshadow the other person. It was just good camaraderie and fun. And you know those two motherfuckers are funny. So they spent like 10 minutes just roasting Russell Simmons, which is so crazy because that's... It's, they feel like a group, but uh, they were talking about how I think Kevin Lyles put the two of them together just for promo purposes. You know, you're Red Man and you're Method Man, so y'all should be together. And they went on tour and that whole thing developed from that. And I mean, shit, they got low-key a cult classic in uh, the movie How High that uh, a couple comedians in there, Mike Epps and... Uh, L.A. comedian uh, Scruncho, if y'all know, familiar with him, go on YouTube and watch him roller skate on stage and all that. But yeah, he's Mike Epps' assistant pimping it. And that joint's a cold classic. Uh, Mike Epps putting the baby powder on his hands before he smacked people. All that. So yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, I think that's just about it. All I wanted to talk to y'all about. Uh, oh, I've been getting back on stage, like indoors. Like, so when I actually say on stage, I mean on stage, not on grass in a park under a tree <laughs> with dogs barking and people playing frisbee and whatever else is happening. But uh, yeah, it's been good. Uh, the Grizzly Pair last week, comic strip last week. So yeah. And th only 33% capacity, but it's better than it's been the last year with zero capacity and everybody outside. So that's been good. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, no Ibrahim this episode, no co-host, but I got Courtney Reynolds here with me riding shotgun. And uh, we discuss Derek Chauvin verdict. Uh... The other shooting that happened this week, that shit is like a new sport at this point of like keeping up with all the cop killings and what the verdict's going to be and all that. It's almost like TV at this point, which is gross. Uh, what else did we discuss on this? Oh, just growing up, him growing up in the Poconos. We discussed comedy. Uh, we discussed some COVID strategies. Uh, Fauci juice. What else did we discuss? Eh, whatever. Take a listen uh, and uh, like, share, subscribe. Oh, yo, I'm in here. Yeah, we in there, baby. There we go. All right, how you doing, man? I'm all right, man. How's everything? I'm good, man. Uh, like I was telling you, I had a little little bout with COVID last month, man, and. Uh, that shit took me down pretty hard for almost two weeks. Did you lose any weight? Did, did any any good come of it? You know what, man? It's crazy because I did 
like people keep telling me that. Like, you, know, <laughs> you look slimmer. Wow. It must be similar to when someone gets like AIDS and they get skinny. You know what I'm saying? And they're just like, uh, yeah, like cool, but uh, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> I would, I would take those two weeks and those twenty pounds right back. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like I couldn't eat. That's like I lost my appetite. You know, your smell is connected to your taste buds and all that. So, yeah, man. I was just eating like soup just for the purpose of like having something hot go down your throat. Super pause because wow. wow. The I mean I didn't expect that coming from you. So. <laughs> you know you could you could you could have stopped that going down and I would have been like all right. I was gonna, <laughs> you, you throat. Yeah, and when you say something hot going down your throat, it's just throat. like yeah, man. Uh, do what's do you play pause any? I think pause is hilarious. I absolutely choose who I play pause with. <laughs> you choose not to. I choose not to play pause with some people, but I play pause with a lot of people. Some people I, be OD. I've been in Harlem for uh, almost eight years now, and I mean, you know, that's like the home of it. Hell yeah. Like, if you ever see a Dame Dash interview, I mean, he's pausing all over the place to okay. where you're like, yo, what's your issue? <laughs> <laughs> like, after a while, it becomes almost an insecurity. But like I said, you almost got to come to Harlem and see them. And like, I remember being on a court one day hooping. And I'm like, all right, good D. And then the whole game just stopped. Yo, come hey, on. Good yo. D. Man, I, I would school some Harlem niggas out in the Poconos, man. Like, we would, we would be hooping. Hooping is the worst thing you can do. It's the worst thing you can do. Because the coach is like, you got to talk. You got to use your mouth. Hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo. The whole game stopped. Now we got to run. <laughs> oh, man. See, yeah, they catch you communicating short form. You got to actually say, you got to communicate, bro, or something <laughs> like that. You're trying to use short form communication, and then they pause. Hey, come on. Stop this whole game. I tell you what, though, that game taught me to not be lazy with my verbiage. Yeah, know? yeah. That, they'll make you think before you talk. <laughs> like, just now, just now, I was about to say, I, I, it taught me not to be lazy with my mouth, but I quickly... <laughs> verbiage works. See, I wasn't even going to say that. <laughs> I feel like you got one pause about every five hours before it becomes your problem. I'm like, bro, why you keep thinking this, everything somebody says? Okay? I'm not, not going just no more, man. Like I, I said, I excuse, and that's I excuse everybody from Harlem, but everybody else I judge. I'm like, hey, come on. You've used your one for the day. <laughs> but now I was uh, on that subject, uh, you know, DMX passed, obviously, so yeah, man. I, that was sad or whatever, but I've been listening to a lot of his music lately, and some of it is just funny of, like... Hell yeah. DMX. And, I mean, we know this from back in the day, but I kind of have forgotten. But one song in particular, he goes, uh, last I checked, y'all cats was having sex with the same sex. And it's like, hey, man, you kind of sound interested. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very specific because it's like, last I checked, and it's like, well, why you be checking? (laughs) So, so what you got like a message board you just be going back to? Yeah, <laughs> and I mean the song gets crazy. Uh, what is it called? Where the hood at? Where it's like he has a whole verse about just like, and I mean he goes on to say, you know, I don't fuck with cats in jail with the Kool Aid on their lips. It's so descriptive that it's just like, 
Nigga, I think this is an actual day out of your life. I think DMX went to jail for like, I don't know how long, but maybe three months and just lived the wire the whole time, right? But like, <laughs> there's one time, there's, and uh, what's it called? I don't remember the song, but he was like, suck my dick. Oh, yeah, yeah. All the niggas to get thick. I'm like, I'm not I'm not interpreting that the way you think I'm interpreting <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and that's how it comes off a little to me, too. Like, hey, bro, I'm not interpreting it at like you. <laughs> Are you saying like you, like you mean it? In his head, it's like the toughest thing he can say, but in my head, I'm like, hey, man. <laughs> hey, man, I'm 13. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with it if you are, but if you're not, why you keep talking about it? You keep bringing it up. Last time I checked, hey, brother, how many times are you checking? And how many niggas know? It's the niggas like- just refreshing his browser. You know what? What, what if that, that was it? He was just a gay rapper, and he was just like, I was never secretive <laughs> about this. I I made no jokes about it. I I was I was breaking niggas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, pretty much. That's uh, what I was laughing about with the uh, little Nas X thing. I think people, black people, were more mad about the devil than they were any of the gay stuff. Absolutely. People, and I mean, when you combine the two, oh, black people just was like flying, j- jumping out of windows over it. Ah oh, man, I, I I know uh I know my parents not watching that video, but I, I can't I can imagine if they did, they they would be they would be quite shocked. And that's the thing, it's like nowadays, like you know, there used to be like it came on MTV and you just happened to be at someone's house mm. and you saw it. But now, if you see some shit that pisses you off, you searched it. <laughs> you pushed the link, bro. That's just, you don't don't nobody watch TV. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like it just came on. You clicked on the link. <laughs> How are you ever true, truly that upset about anything that you clicked on? I fell asleep. I went on on YouTube, fell asleep, woke up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that, hey, that does get you sometimes. I, I know I've had to clear a few things from like my YouTube. Like I'll listen to somebody's podcast on there. And then it'll just find something else. And I'm like, that ain't what I need on my search history, dog. Hey, that, that shit is no joke, bro. That shit is no joke. I remember I was, like, researching Tila Tequila and the Illuminati. <laughs> and, it, and I tell you, I was in, I was down a rabbit hole for, like, three, four hours, like, watching video after video after video. And the next thing I know, the internet on my phone just cut off. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. They watching you. They they wiped it clean. They was like, you can't get on the internet for the next few hours. You've been wild. Hilarious. <laughs> Go to sleep. Uh, you'd have had the internet for longer if you typed in Al Qaeda or ISIS. Anymore. You know, you know. But I was on. I was on to something because it was crazy. Is the PlayStation internet work? <laughs> That's so random. Tila Tequila and the Illuminati. But I forgot. She kind of like. I don't want to. I'm, I'm trying to find a word because I don't want to shit on her. She she had a lot of different opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she was she was uh, she was thrown off for sure. But she might have been on to something. Hey, like Alex Jones was. I mean, he he was right about one thing: all that Hollywood incest and pedophilia and Epstein and them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I ain't gonna say he was a hundred percent right because that I mean, pizza gate you, shit. You get two percent. But yeah, yeah, it's, but but I think it's more like one of them things where a broken clock is right twice a day. All right, right. But right. it's like, what about all these other hours? <laughs> <Minutes>? <laughs> like I seen he uh, 
uh, Andrew Schultz and them on their podcast had him on, and then YouTube took it down. So, like, oh, it's funny. All his shit, it'll go up, but then they'll take it right back down. Like, you know how, like, they're banning white men from the internet, which is just hilarious. It's wildly dangerous. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I, I can't say that I like it because it's like, if you don't like what somebody's saying, just don't follow them or don't read it. But, but also that means you got to go interact with them to find out what these niggas is thinking. You know, yes. I mean? you got to You got to go get in and like comfortable to find out if they still racist because you know what I'm saying like you don't know yeah that's that's one of them things like yeah like you just said about racism of like I'd rather know it and I'd honestly know. to me don't fire them don't do none of that I I want to keep an eye on this person because you fire them they go down into their bunker mm-hmm. start building bombs manifestos because like now they really mad they was just like passively mad before now they got to now they got a fucking origin story. <laughs> nah. Like that white man in Tennessee that, uh, well, yeah, they ain't got nothing but time once they get fired to work yeah. on a bomb or mass shooting plan. <laughs> but yeah, that white guy in Tennessee that blew up that whole block or whatever around Christmas, which you know how mad you got to be to blow some shit up on Christmas. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? My memory's a little fuzzy. It might have been Christmas Eve, but... <laughs> He was, he was hunting Santa. Because I feel like that's the part that my mom would beat my ass about. Mm. Is It's not the bomb for her. It's like, I get it. These motherfuckers will drive you crazy. But you don't do that shit on no holiday like I ain't raised you, right? You ruin them people Christmas. The thing about the children, they ain't do nothing to you. Yeah, the craziest part to me was the... um Oh, his girlfriend... A, a year before had told the cops like that she thought he was up to something. And of course, you know, the cops just went, nah. He white. Nah. <laughs> you tripping. Like, Girl. just because a guy spends 10 hours a day in his RV that's parked in his driveway does not mean he's up to something. And it's like, motherfucker, you ain't seen Breaking Bad? <laughs> They 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 just so concerned like maybe he just doesn't like his wife and we understand that, so which right he's like ah he just wants to get away from his girl. <laughs> what man doesn't want to build some bombs in his driveway? Get some time from no ball and chain. <laughs> it's a mobile man cave. <laughs> <laughs> man, what the hell? Uh, yeah, man, it's crazy. And they you know never mistake they taser for a gun with any of these people. And I mean. It's been crazy mass shooting since we've been allowed to come outside. Yeah, it was. It was. A, we had a good run though. As, we as, did. As, that as, was a nice. Twenty twenty is going to be the asterisk year for like mass shooting. <laughs> <laughs> the asterisk year, like uh, steroids in baseball. Yeah, like when when the, when the books go up, they're going to be like twenty twenty. That was our lowest number. And then it's going to be an asterisk. Yeah, but everybody was in their house and shit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's going to be like um. <laughs> <laughs> the NBA lockout year. It's a lockout year. It's it was a, a shortened year. season. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's hilarious, actually, man. Uh, you got to use that. Have you, uh, where are you? Are you in the Poconos or are you in the city? Uh, right now, I'm in Brooklyn. I'm at uh, Noye Brown West House. Uh, we are uh, out here doing some shows. Had a show last night uh, at Asylum. Dope, dope. Yeah. Asylum. How was it? 
I I um I didn't know that it was the old UCB until I got there. Mm. And I was like, oh, I've been here. This is weird. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that one, but I was like, shit, that sounds interesting. That sounds good, Asylum. That's a Asylum. That's a perfect place for comedians. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they gave you a straight jacket on the way in. That see, they need to fuck, fucking plug up their marketing then, because I would have I would have rocked that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Asylum, which UCB? Because I know they had two locations, one on Eighth <laughs> Avenue. It was on it was on Twenty Sixth Street. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like I remember. Uh-huh. UCB was interesting. Were you here in New York when they had all that pay stuff going on? That pay stuff? Yeah, because at a point, even the alt comics linked up. It was like, bitch, where's my money? Mm. Because they were charging people for shows like Whiplash and different shows, uh-huh. but they weren't paying comics. Okay. And there was a booker at the time. Oh, he booked the Laughing Devil, a uh, Hofsetter that uh said and this was an interesting perspective i thought from a club owner but he said the reason he pays is because he wants his show to be quality right he wants you to understand when you take the stage that there's an art paying audience and there needs to be a uh what's the word i'm looking for a level a standard yeah professionalism right because you know sometimes you see cats and they they you know and it's usually a cat with a lot of credits or whatever, and they got the sheet of paper, and it's like, oh, this is an open mic to you. Yeah, disrespectful. Which, yeah, a lot of times, you know, being a comic in the city, you say to yourself, well, damn, I'll get up there and do my best. So yeah. what do you want? You want uh, a newer comic that is going to do their best, or do you want a comic with a bunch of credits treating your shit like an open mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, that is an age-old question. That's just still a valid question. Well, I guess balance is just the thing, but with with so many of these shows, you don't see any balance. Right. And it's just like, all right, well, you're booking everybody with credits, but you don't even have any credits. <laughs> you ain't got no horns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had, you had said something recently uh, about what did you say something about the clubs and only white guys want to see the clubs reopen? Oh yeah, 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 man. Only, only, only old, only these old white dudes really dying for these clubs to come back open. Like we've been fine, you know what I mean? Like it's you, you know, know, like we always had to hustle and get it and scrape it. This ain't nothing new to us. Like you white dudes was booked at four clubs a week. And Get it out the that mud. Was, that was your love. That was your lifeline. Now, hmm. Broadway ain't, ain't got that any spots. They ain't paying as much. And don't nobody that book a bar show know you. Hmm. So now. <laughs> I, I'm always in the middle of these arguments because I do clubs. And I mean, but yeah. I also am black. So I get where your perspective is coming from. Or like, well, you're only booking one black person her show that's not really diversity right but i mean you do clubs but niggas still know you so that's that, you well yeah I, I, I do both i do all of them but so, and I, I don't think clubs are all bad like i said i think there's definitely advantages because if a place is open seven nights a week and they're doing two shows we'll say per night versus you know a bar show might be once a week or every other week once yep. a month yeah so it's consistent money, but like I said, as a black comic, I did relate 
to your sentiment of like, you know, if there's only one black comic per show and five white guys. Yeah, our rotation our rotation is much smaller. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if somebody like you at like let's say Stand Up New York or something, one of these clubs, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're on that you're on a roster once or twice that week. Whereas yeah. no, I'm hypothetically. Right. Some other guy is on twice a day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're well, yeah, it just becomes a numbers game at a certain point. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I, my rotation wasn't coming up for months anyway. So it's not like, fast, I'm not worried about these like, clubs being open, you know? Me and uh, Jordan Rock, I think, joked one time. I joked with him. I said, he was telling me he was going to be in L.A. I said, good, my work will go up. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're one down. Yeah. Which is funny, like, um, the best way I ever heard it explained was me and a friend was, we was kind of going back and forth about the one black person at a time thing. And he said, you know, in comedy, kind of like basketball, black comics play center. Mm. So, so people can't really replace you. Right. In a, in a sense, you know, yeah, that, yeah you're uh, the center and yeah, you need another center which I thought was an interesting perspective, but I think it's funny. And I mean, I'm sure you do too of like how we as black people say white people. And then you watch white people further divide themselves and try not to take the blame of like, Oh, well, as a straight white guy. And then another white guy goes, Oh, well, as a gay white. And it's like, we were talking about all y'all. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. shit. <laughs> Like this was a buckshot. This wasn't no sniper rifle. Like everybody getting hit. <laughs> yeah, like I uh I try to watch everything in comedy. I watched some of the uh have, did you see like there's a women in comedy documentary on FX? Yeah. And you know, it's a lot of people I respect on there. Uh Nikki Glazer, Jessica Carson, and some really good comics on there. But uh it was just I think I watched it the same day as the Derek Chauvin verdict or whatever. Right. And they're talking about from a white lady perspective, how hard it is in comedy. And I'm thinking like, but we got it hard in life. Life. Have you ever seen a tape of a white lady with a cop's knee on her neck for nine fucking minutes? (laughs) Like somebody give that motherfucker the light. Like, You know what I mean? And I think, yeah, some days it's just hard balancing that. And I find it, especially if it's a black man, sometimes hard to hear other people's complaints. Right. I'd be feeling like, damn, now, but yeah, cool. You're you're right. You're not wrong. Right, that, yeah. that fails in comparison. I was I, the other day I was in the Uber and uh uh I had a I had a uh Asian driver in the front. I didn't peep, right? Some yeah. Fox News thing comes across my screen and it goes, oh, they just made some kind of official mandate to stop Asian hate. And I'm like, Tuh! <laughs> ain't that some shit, man? I, I looked I looked to the person in the car with me. I was like, yo, man, will you see this shit about this, this, this stop Asian hate shit? And then yeah. I was up and I was just like, it's really great. It's a great what they did. <laughs> it's crazy. And I mean, it's, yeah. Nobody's saying like, oh, we shouldn't, but it's like, bro, we've been asking for all of these things. Yes. And and I'll tell you a random crazy fact, right? So you know, hate crimes were introduced for us, for mm-hmm. 
crimes against black people, you know, lynching and things of that nature. They not. Um, do you know who the, the number one person arrested for hate crimes is actually black people? Wow. So it's just like everything is is some sort of like trick or Trojan Trojan horse, like oh, yeah. the um affirmative action that is like the number one benefactor is white women. So you get these white dudes at time. Well, you have affirmative action. It's like, do I? That that's <laughs> why that's why it's dangerous when we when we enact new laws. You know what I mean? Because laws set precedent, and then you can take that, switch it and fine tune it and kind of make it any way you want. So like you said, like affirmative action goes in to affect, affect our hiring power. And then, and then white women go, Oh, well, you know, affirmative action also means diversity. Diversity means other, other sexes and races. So that's also us. You need to put us mm-hmm. in as well. And then they can, they can make the case that there's none of us here. So you need to put 50 of us now. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and when you think about it, it's almost laughable because it's like, well, who wrote it? A white guy. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't he write in his sisters? Some some loophole, some loosely worded loophole. Like it's never like, hey, this is for black people, only for black people. It's like some loosely worded generalization of humanity. Can- right. They always throw in, let me throw in uh, you know, Hispanics or they tie LGBT to it. It, it can never just be us, to your point. Yeah. Yeah. Like even I was laughing a little bit with um oh it was HBO and they do these HBO Latino specials. I don't know if you've seen them. I have, yeah. Which I was like, great, you know. Friends of mine have got them. Alex Carabana, different people. Very happy for them. But I did say to myself, what happened to black and brown? Mm. Because on our side it's always black and brown. And when you think of Death Jam, it's like they were included. Right. When you think of Comic View, they were included. Yeah. So I'm just looking at it going, <laughs> I all right, well, I guess we on our own. What I happened like to that black and brown? I feel like it's just biology and chemistry, though. We are an inclusive people. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of other, if we just talk about tribals, like the Neanderthals, Mongolians, whatever, like they were like a like a hoarding. Like they, we stay together just uh, we were like, hey, man, come use our math. Come use our spices. That's what I ended up getting stuck. So, like, <laughs> what ends up happening, like, even now, Def Jam and Def Comedy Jam and, and um, uh, the BET show, uh, Comic View, you know, we're, we're, like, inviting them to come see us, come join us, come sit at our table. And they're just, mm-hmm. like, coming to, coming to our table, stealing our food. And because it's all just Def Comedy Jam, they're just recreating that same vibe somewhere else and then saying, y'all can't come. Yeah, a little bit, man. And I mean, when you think of somebody like Gary Owens, it's just crazy to me that it's just like, wow, 20-something years. (laughs) Black people. I've been to black church. All right, man. (laughs) For him not to have, uh, uh, and this might even sound weird, but for him not to have like a, a bunch of black under, like younger comics or whatever, like in a camp somewhere, like just like, It's it's beyond me. I don't know. Well, we'll switch gears here a little. Yeah, uh, I'm getting mad. No. How, <laughs> how long you been doing comedy, and who inspired you to do comedy? I've been doing comedy. Fuck, it's like eight, nine years now. Eight or nine. I love when people are just like, "Shit, uh, how long I've been?" <laughs> you know, it's been a while when you just are like, "Yeah, it's fuzzy." You know, uh, the Lakers won the championship shit. that summer, I think, and. uh 
Yeah. I think we drafted Nerlens Noel. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Don't bring that up. <laughs> and I said, fuck this. I'm doing comedy. Trust the process, right? Nigga. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I started like 2012, I think. And, and where, uh, what city did you start? I started Philly. Okay, cool. Philly, Philly. My very first show was at Helium Comedy Club. Helium, and it's still there, man. It's still there. It was a it was an open mic. They had Tuesday. You could sign up online. I signed up online for like a month and got up on stage. I was wearing sweatpants like an idiot. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was wearing I was wearing like my favorite sweatpants shirt sneaker combo because I was like I want to be mad comfortable. Yeah, yeah, that's funny, man. Because yeah, I did that this week. I had a nice little audition for something, and I, I was starting to go real nice. I had like a jean jacket. Then I thought you never wore this fucking jean jacket before. <laughs> so I'm like, you're not gonna be comfortable. It's all stiff. You haven't broken in. Yeah. And I saw the shirt. You know, you have that shirt you took off last night, just sitting on the chair. Too. And I'm like, that shirt's broken in. I'm wearing it again. Hell yeah. Because I'm comfortable. So, yeah, sometimes being comfortable is the move. Y'all get good audiences out there in Philly at open mics? Um, From what I remember, actually, yeah. I mean, that open mic, not so much. That open mic would usually be, like, mostly comics and, like, their mom or whatever. But, like, the open mics that I remember, like, Raven Lounge, that was, like, held down by, like, Chris Cotton. and R.I.P. Oh, oh, R.I.P. Chris Cotton, man. Uh, yeah, it's been like a year, man. I miss that dude. That was a great dude, man. And yeah, and, yeah, yeah, man. So you know, though the Raven Lounge was like probably the best open mic, and that shit got great attendance. Like that was dog. Show. You you know, me and Brian Grassi was doing a show there. Matter of fact, yeah, you was on one. <laughs> I, I was supposed to be on one. Now I'm just remembering. Oh yeah, and, and uh, you sent us Shane Gillis, which that motherfucker came through. Man, hey, I knew he was still down there. I'm like, hey, man, he'll be good. And it's almost prophetic because, like, all the trouble he caused with the whole SNL thing and his podcast, that was kind of how he came across of, like, what yeah. they call him, the bull? The bull. The bull. Oh, the bull, bull. That's yeah, like yeah, his yeah. nickname. And, and, yeah, he was knocking over shit. He was breaking shit because he went up on our show and he was kind of doing that thing and, like, Fuck this show. Yeah. Look yeah. look at you guys. And I think at the time I wasn't aware of his persona. So I'm thinking, who's this motherfucker? But we for- but I think we forget his comics. Yes. Like comedy's like wrestling, right? Yeah. And some people are heels. Heel. Yes. And, but I didn't know that. So I'm like, why is this motherfucker shitting on my show? <laughs> I'm paying them. I'm paying you. <laughs> And he kind of came over to us and was just like, hey, man, give me my money. Because uh, I think there was a game on and it was a big, like, Philly game on. Yeah. And he told us the game was on and then he just bounced. (laughs) But, yeah, all these years later, everything makes sense. Like, oh, okay. I I didn't think he'd be that big of an asshole. I will say, like, from my experiences with him, he's he's hella funny. Listen, and, I, I thought he was funny. I just wasn't aware of his persona. Right. And his persona, his persona is is hard to get around sometimes. And it's and it's weird too because it's because some people 
that's their persona on stage, but they don't carry it at all. That's what I was about to say. He, he's, a, he's a fucking, he's a, he's a guy. He's just a guy also. And, I, and I'd go as far as to say, I don't even think that's his persona. I think that's who he is. Right. But I just wasn't aware. So it was like, oh, this motherfucker's a heel all these years later. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, yeah, man, Raven Lounge is fucking great, man. I, I'm sorry, I'm reminiscing. I just miss... You know the old world, man. That shit, that shit can't exist right now. That shit is a clout, a closed room with no windows. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? It's it, a fucking attic. It's an attic. It's a fucking COVID petri. <sighs> Bro, yeah, like, flowers in the attic and shit. Yeah, man. Damn. And and I tell you, I really miss the old world. Uh, I got this important thing to do. It's like a showcase, right? Right. And. I have to fly somewhere and the people were like, yeah, so there's not going to be any audience. And I'm thinking, why don't we just do this over Zoom? <laughs> because that's what it's going to be. But they're going to put us, you know, on in a room and let us audition on stage. But I'm like, yeah, uh, this sounds like a glorified Zoom. I but had then, the house for this. But then there's uh, also I have to pass two COVID tests. And like I told you, yeah, we you know, out. a month and a half ago, I had the shit. So I was nervous. <laughs> I went and took a practice test. Pass because I'm thinking I don't want to fly nowhere and flunk. Sound like a drug test. Exactly. So, it, like you know, now it's, it's both. You, you got to have a drug test and a COVID test to get employment. But yeah, I was just nervous as fuck about the COVID test and thinking, man, I miss, you know, a year ago when you just flew and did your gigs and that was that. Yep. But now it's like, nah, you might legit miss an opportunity. Like I shot this thing for BT a few months ago and, you know, it was a thousand dollars. Right. Like <laughs> they like, yeah, uh, you know, if you don't pass, we can't use you. And you thinking, well, bitch, I need this a thousand dollars. Nigga, I'll lie about a COVID test. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like remember forging report cards? Yeah, it's like that's what we're gonna have to learn to do again. Hey, I got a, I got a mean doctor signature. Check me out. <laughs> yeah, I remember one of my buddies uh, got a D, and you know how you could take a pen and fill in a D, and make it look like a B. Yeah. Oh, he got away with that shit for like a week. And then the teacher, uh, he, his mom went down to the school and was like, let me see his report card and looked at it. It was like, I knew that motherfucker changed. Yeah, uh, damn. I used to change, I used to change uh, my grades in the teacher's computer, right? So the teacher would like step out the room for whatever dumbass reason. And I'd hop on her computer. I, I had her passwords and shit. And I would, damn. I would change all my C's to B pluses. I would change all my zeros to like sixty five. <laughs> Hold on, all your zeros. How yeah, many yeah, zeros you had? I was I was a slacker in high school, boy. Like I ain't, I ain't care until the last week of school. I was like, all right, let me pass. You <laughs> <laughs> was on some straight hacker shit. I, I hope the uh, statute of limitations is up for those crimes. Oh, I'm thirty two. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> like, nah, I was a minor. That that shit is sealed. <laughs> I was fourteen, man. You can't get me on that. I I actually stole a. Uh, I stole the biology answers, the biology final answers. Hilarious. So I ain't do no work damn near the first half of the year because I knew I was going to get 100 on the final. And that was like 60% of your grades. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. 
What the hell? You feel sorry a little bit for these kids because that like brings back memories, right? Hell. Like, remember niggas waiting by the mailbox because they knew they had bad grades. I got I got a report card hidden in the walls of my house right now. <laughs> what? Like we was we was we was building up the basement, right? It was like a, a, a cement basement. We was putting walls up, right? Yeah. So the report card came. I knew what was in it. I threw that shit behind the wall. And my dad laid the wall, laid up the plywood. <laughs> Never came. It's still there. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember, like I said, you know, cats that got bad grades. You go outside, they just standing there, and you're like, "What you on?" And they like, "Yeah, man." I'm- Trying to see if this mailman brought this report card. <laughs> and them progress reports. Progress reports will kill you. Used to have motherfuckers sweating. But like I said, these new kids, you feel sorry for them because you know it's all digital, so it's they can't even day. intercept it. Oh, no. Straight to your parents' email. You better sneak on their computer like Courtney and uh, you got to hook the inbox or like, you know how you can put a certain email as spam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You got to label the school email as spam so you don't get that ass whooped. Yeah, I, I'd be next level with my shit. Like, first day of school, I'd create a new email for my mother that I had the password to. And that's the email I would put on the fucking whatever they asked when they, when they asked for all that info. Because mm-hmm. they used to ask for, like, give us your parents' phone numbers and all that shit. I used to give a fake phone number. <laughs> Man, that's wild. Hey, like I said, them was the days. And when I went to school, because I think I'm a little older than you, yeah. the, the house phone was the only thing you had. So, you know, you might get into some trouble and the teacher go, I'm calling your parents, you know, this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, you ain't seen nobody get off the bus and run as fast. <laughs> man, you be standing there by the phone all day. And I remember trying to do that shit one time with my dad. kept saying, what you, what you keep holding the phone for? Put it, put it on the hook. <laughs> Because <laughs> you would answer and you like, hey, this is hey, Hiram Middle School, just hang up. Yeah, yeah. And figure that was the end of the call. And keep call doing it. Which is funny because it's all that shit. It was like you were just delaying it. Yeah. Like it was, it was only a matter of time, whether it was in person or, you know, over the phone or whatever happened to shit. Some teachers would come by your damn house. Damn, I ain't I ain't that old. I mean, I I lived in a white neighborhood. Wasn't nobody coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> where did Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the Poconos, Poconos, Pennsylvania. Like this uh, crazy suburb. That's wild, man. Because I drove through there a few times, and it's just like winding mountains, winding mountains, bro. Like it's beautiful in the winter, just driving around on ice. Beautiful in the winter, but that is a that seems so crazy to me that people live there. But it's like, yes, stupid people live everywhere. (laughs) So it's like a resorts, a lot of resorts and stuff out there. You got a casino, like four indoor water parks, ski lodges, ski lodges. That's dope. All that shit probably empty right now. That shit empty as fuck, man. Like (laughs) (laughs) they got like they got a stimulus package during the pandemic. Like they wasn't making no money. Yeah, that's the thing about, you know, New York City. You know me, I'm a cabbie, and uh, yeah, we lost. You think that's how you got COVID? We lost half our business. Nah, because I wasn't working. I really feel like low-key. I don't know where I caught it out here in these streets, but. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I haven't worked in a few months, so. So they got COVID, they be like, man, I was in the house. (laughs) Yeah. And see, that's the thing about, like, um. 
you know, with the STDs and stuff, is at least there's like a suspect list. Yeah. And you can <laughs> narrow it down usually to two or three people if you're not disgusting. <laughs> but with this thing, it's like, was it the lady in the elevator? Maybe it was that dude at the grocery store that coughed. That nasty ass little boy. <laughs> yeah, elevator. yeah. It's wild, tricky. Even like little kids, I've been seeing the signs that they're like, yo, if they over, I think like three or four, they got to have a mask. And it's like, yeah, but how you know? Because <laughs> you know when you ask the mama, she going to hit you with the, oh, him, he's 73 months old. You're like, yo, you got <laughs> I need years, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you know what I just thought just hit me was remember, uh, when it when COVID first came out, that tiger in the zoo in the Bronx Zoo had COVID. Oh yeah. But so that now I'm like, I wonder how that tiger's doing. <laughs> that must have been a lie, because I also read that pets and animals can't get COVID. Yeah, it it, it always read a little funny to me. I was yeah. like, what the fuck? I think it got a dirty nose swab. <laughs> they should have gave them animals to Johnson and Johnson, because uh <laughs> <laughs> I always like that people make stuff like like they make it um well they act like a certain number don't matter like those aren't people. What do you mean? Like when something happens like the Johnson and Johnson killed I want to say like three people. Right. And it was a bunch of blood clots in women. Right. Well, I think it killed six people actually I read. But anyway, people will just go, "Well, it's only six people." And it's like, "Yeah, but if you're related to one of them six people, <laughs> That's you the only thing you care about. Which is like, yeah, you know, sometimes, like I said, I hate when people pull numbers because it kind of dehumanizes. Like, uh, I'll never forget, you know how my Facebook be. I was talking <laughs> about Alex Jones and uh, Sandy Hook. Now, I wasn't defending him. I, I thought it was kind of funny of like, this motherfucker crazy as shit. Crisis actors. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this guy comes in and I mean, obviously in New York is the tri-state area. And he was saying his wife worked at as a counselor near the school and she has to counsel a lot of those parents and kids. And I mean, he just went the fuck off. It's just like, that guy needs to fucking be in jail. So to my point that I was saying of like people just running numbers or, you know, conspiracy theories to a point where it's like, hey man, that was real people. That shit happened to somebody. Right, right, right. So at a point, it's like, well, easy for you to fucking say. Man, it, it, the numbers make it, make it easy to call it a statistic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we'd be like, oh, so many people died from COVID and this number, this number. If that number was lower, we wouldn't care as much. You know what I mean? Right. Which I, we saw a lot of that this week with the uh, the other shooting there. Um, The girl, Micaiah, what was her name? Micaiah Bryant? Right, yeah. And had the knife, and then she was very close to that other girl. Right. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, something, something. And it's like, well, if that's your daughter, what what do you want to happen? And I think, you know, not to say it was right or okay, you know, because like I said earlier, it's like, yo, y'all let these mass shooters walk. Right, right, so, right. So, you know, you telling me. Dylan Roof can have a shotgun or an AR-15, but this the black person can't even hold a knife. I mean, I, I, you know what you know what it is. I, I was having this conversation with my girl, and I was like, I don't. 
You know what I mean? Like, I would hope that, I mean, somebody was like, oh, you really can't shoot somebody in the leg. That's real impossible. But I'm like, I would hope that he would pull his taser out. Get something. something. Get a fire s- shot in the air. In Someone the said air. that's illegal, but I'm like, something that to would- let them know, like, hey, game, game time is over. Fire shot at the ground. You know what I'm saying? Something. Hit the ground. And you got to do something to let people know game time is over. I don't know. Like I said, you know, if that's your daughter, and I mean, I know you said the right thing in that situation, and I think everybody was arguing about it. It's like, there is no right answer here. There's no right answer. None. This is just tragic. We just know what the wrong outcome is. Yes. The wrong outcome was obviously her being shot, but like I said, when you personalize it and go, what if that's your daughter, then the answer becomes a lot more clear of like, hey, you know, maybe I'm okay with that if I'm related to her. But like I said, obviously it was tragic. And I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Uh, Obama, when he was running, I wasn't really sure, but I kind of knew I'd already voted for him because he was black. (laughs) (laughs) And he did an interview on 60 Minutes and he had promised to pull the troops out of Iraq. And the uh, guy asked him, he said, well, you ran a on a campaign of getting the troops out of Iraq, but you're sending more to Iraq. And Obama looked at him and said, sometimes the choices aren't between good and bad. The choices are between bad and worse. Mm. And that's how I saw that situation of like, there's no good answer here. So we could say that worse could have been that little girl with the knife kills the girl. And then that little girl with the knife ends up going to jail. Now that's two little girls' lives. Or stabbing her and getting shot, which that's two lives. So yeah, it's just any scenario you play out there, you're like, ah, I don't know. Like it's it. all bad. It's all bad. I yeah, mean, it was, it, there's there's no right answer. It's sad that that happened, but it's a very sad situation. I, I can say that, like, in, for this cop in this situation, I I don't feel sorry for him. But I do feel sorry for the decision he made. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and especially that, when um when you find out later on, they said she called the cops, and it's like ah, she's so young. It's it's so many so many decisions gone bad. Like, she's so young; she thinks that they help because I know, yeah, for myself as a black person, they do not. I'm never calling them. Like I can't think of a scenario that I called them in. No situation got to be over. I remember one time I got jumped and I don't even know how, but there was a cop near and he's like, you okay or something? He asked me and I just was like, ah, I'm good. Like waved him off like, motherfucker, keep cruising. I need no help. <laughs> so he gets out the car or whatever and kind of walks up on me and obviously I'm kind of beat the fuck up. So I'm just kind of sitting there trying to uh, gather my fucking thoughts and uh, he he goes, wait a minute. Like, I kind of told him, like, yo, you can just beat it or whatever because he's doing the whole, well, you know, if you want to press charges, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Did you know any of them? Just trying to get some information. And I'm thinking, bro, my head is spinning. Like, the motherfuckers beat this shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of them things where I should have ran off. But I was like, fuck that. I'm about to swing on one. What? I'm going to get one good hit in. What did you do to get this ass whooping though? Oh man, it's a long story, but I will tell you it in short. My mother used to always tell me, and and I never knew why she'd say this. 
never buy nothing off the streets, right? So you remember back when they had them uh, trio phones, the uh, smartphones? Palm Pilots. One of my buddies, and I mean, truly speaking, this nigga was in the streets, so I probably shouldn't have even been playing with him. And I mean, like, you know when you like 19, 20, and like, you go on your separate ways from your friends, or like, oh, this nigga in the streets. Yeah. Let me not hang with him, because that ain't really where I'm trying to be. Right. Trying to do comedy and shit. But anyway, he had a friend that was even more in the streets. Long story short, the friend throughout the night just keeps going, hey, bro, I got this phone. You want it? You want it? And at the time, I had like a regular flip phone. And the price throughout the night kept getting cheap. Mm. First, it was like 400 And I just kept being like, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Then 300 200 All right, man, fuck it. Uh, give me $75. And I told him at the point, I said, yo, Sprint at the time, I was like, you can't take a phone and then get it cut on. He kept saying you could, trying to tell me where he got it. Really, I think I got tired of that nigga talking to me. <laughs> and we was in a car. You, you and then like, later on, we went to a party. We was drinking. So I think my head was spinning a little. And it, at a point, it was like, I get this nigga the money so he can shut the fuck up. <laughs> so anyway, I, I like I said, once the price hit like 75, I said, fuck it, good deal. I said, so I give you half and I give you the other half when it get turned on. Sure enough, the shit could get turned on, whatever, whatever. I figure it's a loss, charge it to the game. Or like, fuck it, I don't care. It's like $35, $40, whatever the hell. So anyway, long story short, my friend was a punk. And kept letting this nigga punk him and be like, yeah, man, put me on the phone with your mans. Oh, and he man. kept calling me and he would be like, you owe me $40. And then, like, he tried to pull some mob shit. He was like, matter of fact, the tax on that is going up. Today you don't bring it to me. And I'm like, nigga, hey. Anyway, at the time, I lived by myself. And I had, like, oh, a little no. studio apartment. And my girl be coming through and shit. So I got to thinking, and I knew these niggas was for real street niggas. Are like, these niggas do kick those, all that. So I'm thinking, like, I'm not really afraid of him. I'd rather go see him than let him find me. Right. So I just pulled up on his street on some wild shit. Walked up on him like, what's up, cuz? Oh, no. Hit him, all that. Oh, and I no. hit him, like, it seemed like 15 people came out this house. Ew. And I mean, Yeah. I, I might have got in two hits. And it was one of them things that, like, my man told me later on, he goes, yeah, dog, they hit your ass with a shovel. Because <laughs> I don't even remember this shit. So, so anyway, and I mean, this nigga was a bitch. That was, that was part of it. Cause it's he like, was there? Yeah, because he let me get jumped. Yeah, he, he just told you you got hit with a shovel. <laughs> like, I remember him, like, you know how you can see somebody kind of move out the way? Yeah. And I was like, oh, this nigga. But it was one of them things that, like, like I said, we was going our separate directions, and I kind of wanted to get rid of him anyway. Right, right, so right. So that became a good enough excuse. He still used to call my phone, and I'd just be like, ignore. Like, it's over, bro. <laughs> like, we, we, we was in high school and shit, but after you pull a move like that. Because to me. You could at least said something. <laughs> To me, I almost ain't really going to fault you entirely for letting me get jumped because I did pull up like I was the last action hero. <laughs> <laughs> but 
supposed to keep letting him call me. And that's what I told him. Like, you just scared of this motherfucker? Right. That when he see you, he taking your phone and calling me? <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I remember um, one of my buddies had seen it or whatever, too. And he goes, yo, man, don't do nothing crazy. Don't, you know, get no gun and nothing. That, that, that's a reason to get a gun. <laughs> right. Facts. But. Hey. I remember my though. grandmother, my grandmother finding out, you know, they be on some uh holy cracks type shit. Mm. She was like, vengeance is the Lord's. Don't do nothing stupid. You know, your, whatever your injuries are, they'll heal. Anyway, long story short, the next week I seen this motherfucker on the news and going to jail for armed robbery. Hey. And I was just like, well, <laughs> that's the end of that. Cause in my mind. That. I was thinking, what I'm gonna do if I see this motherfucker again? And I kind of had told myself, like, I gotta swing on him at least, like, at a minimum. But uh, anyway, long story short, yeah. So the cop trying to get his name, and finally, at a certain point, when I kept telling him, like, "Yo, I don't want to talk to you. Like, go up. Like, I motherfucker, I can barely fucking see. You know what I mean? Right. He he goes, wait. Did you owe those guys drug money? Wow. <laughs> and started like hassling me and uh, and like trying to question me about who I was. Let me see your ID. Do you have any warrants? And I'm looking at him like, you know, they took everything I had, right? Like they flipped my pockets, all that. <laughs> yeah. Like the fuck do you want? Oh, from you me, went up man? there with money in your pocket? Damn. Nah, I, you know, you, I, I, I think I, you know, had emptied my wallet to a point of like, eh, I got about five dollars on me. <laughs> and you know what's so funny is like how you have this fuzzy memory, fuzzy memory type shit. I kind of remember them hitting my pockets and going broke ass nigga. <laughs> 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 but it was like, nah, I know what I, I know. This is a suicide mission. But I'm gonna show your ass I ain't scared. Hey, they probably they probably was like, man, we, he don't owe us no money no more after that. <laughs> he good, but we gonna whoop his ass every time we see him. <laughs> man, they ass is probably still in prison, dog. Lord willing, Lord willing. <laughs> That's why a lot of times in comedy, when people be telling me like I'm offended, I be like, bro, <laughs> I hit with a shovel. You ain't seen offended. <laughs> To the point where you know where we from, it's like, yo, words like yeah. you can't let a word hurt you. We know yeah. people that real things have happened to. So, all right, man, I, I told you my story. Have you ever been jumped? I ain't never got jumped before. Good, good man, and don't that don't sound fun. It sounds it sounds like you always think it's gonna go one way and it never go that way. Yeah, it's usually somebody just either A, the group has it out for you, or B, like the my scenario, you think you're going to catch some kind of one-on-one, and it turns out to be an ambush. Or like, yo, you was really doing too much in, yeah, the, presence, yeah. in the presence of somebody who had backup. <laughs> you planned this poorly. I mean, yeah, it'd be easier if like we all wore jerseys, and you knew, like, <laughs> oh, Okay, he's wearing a red one, and those other four also wearing red ones. Uh, it's a ten on one. All right, I'm gonna go back yeah, to the car. But <laughs> when everybody's got on Jabos and white tees, it's kind of hard to see it. Like, eh. yeah, man. they might be his mans, and they might not. <laughs> but like I said, they they came from all corners of this house. So I'm like, hey, where are all these people coming from? I, I never had enough enemies to get jumped. 
But you did say in the Pocono, so you grew up in like the resort town. Well, you know, don't soften my hood now. All right. Like, <laughs> you no, know, it was, was, nah, was soft as hell. But I mean, like, like all the all the fights I got into was like because of like my like anger issue type shit. Like I, I was an angry kid. I was an angry little kid to like eighth grade. I chilled out. But like anytime you got you some Prozac. Now I got my ass whooped by my dad. <laughs> oh, you tried was, to fight dad? Oh no, I ain't fight dad. I just I got organized ass whoopings. It was, oh, okay, okay. I would get in trouble at school or some shit, and then I go home to like two weeks of ass whoopings. Like I did this shit Monday. I'm getting beat for it for two Mondays. Yo, that's wild. You know, so I, I straightened up like my anger issues. I just, you know, but yeah, nigga, I fucking. Every fight I ever got into was because some other shit happened. Like, and then, like, something just tipped me off. Like, I was mad at my English teacher and this nigga Steve. I'll never forget his name. Steve. He was a tall, ugly nigga, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, I, I, like, teeth all fucked up, wasn't never going to get braces. Like, his, he was growing his hair. He already had an extreme hairline. This is eighth grade. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was, it was going bad for him at 13. So like this this nigga like comes and like you remember when niggas used to slap the back of your neck? Oh yeah, what was that? I don't know, but it, <laughs> it, it, but I don't play that. I, I never played like that, and I was already mad. And I'm talking to another teacher about to go into my class, and he he walked by, slapped the back of my neck, and I just turned to him and I jump on, jump on his neck, I slap him one time. I got I don't know if I got punch hands. I got good slap hands. You like, said he you said he was tall, so you had to jump on him real quick. I had quick. to jump on him, slap the shit out of him, and then like we got broken up. But every 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 time I get in a fight, it's because like some other shit happened and now I'm mad. <laughs> that's funny, because I bet that's a trigger for you now. Like if anybody playfully slaps the back of your head after a fresh cut, you'll probably like flashback on them. I be chilling now because <laughs> I be smoking more weed than I didn't. <laughs> you know what I think it was though back then was that we didn't have like cell phones, so we didn't have actual games. Yeah, everything was a physical game, like or a distraction. So I think we made up our own dumb shit. You remember when niggas used to snap at your nuts? Oh nah, we didn't do that one. <laughs> Nobody ever hit you in the nuts, right? Nobody ever. Hit I, you. Every now and then, somebody would yell like it feel like they used to yell like nuts or something like that, or open hands, and and then they would swing, and you kind of had to catch them. Okay, so yeah, I do remember that. You know what's funny too is like a lot of stuff had different names. Yeah. So in different areas, it was different names. Like, uh, I think there was a meme a while ago where they was. They asked the question of, uh, you know, you playing football, one man has the ball, everybody has to tackle him. And it was like, what did you call this game? What do you call that? And where I'm from, Indiana, Georgia, it was called Smear the Queer. Now, now obviously, you wouldn't be allowed to call it <laughs> that now. Or if adults heard you, they'd be like, hey, what the fuck is going on here? Y'all cancel. Take away y'all writing jobs. <laughs> that y'all don't have. Right. <laughs> but a lot of other people, like I remember Jerron, and I mean, he's from Philly, being like, yo, we called that Killer Man. And I'm like, okay. Football, but yeah, man. it was just funny. People from different states, there was like 45 different answers. 
Did you play football as a kid? You was a football player? Nah, I played basketball. I played some backyard football and had fun with that. But I got into basketball around middle school. And then in high school, they was like, you're too short and too slow to be that short. <laughs> and I was just like, cool. <laughs> you got a power forwards game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was I was more of a shooting guard, and then obviously later everybody hit their growth spurts and was like, "Hey, little man, take point." Yeah, you played, didn't you? Yeah, I was a hooper. I I, I was I was told I was going to be six four. My six doc, four. My, my doctor told me I'd be six when I was like ten. So I, I they be setting us up for failure. I had big failed. hands. And- I was hoping to be bigger, and the doctor told me the same thing. And it's like, nope, nope. You Gross did something. But you're like tall. You like six foot. I'm like six foot, but like I, I was five nine in eighth grade. Like, okay, yeah. So everybody was looking at you like, if I like, okay, okay, something happened. I was five nine and dunking in eighth grade. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, because. Yeah, I guess that's about the time Cat started dunking around freshman year. You know, I caught my first dunk eighth grade. I didn't, it's not like I caught a bunch. <laughs> hey, man, that's awesome. That's that's still been a goal of mine to this day. Like, I remember peeking around, like, you could kind of grab rim, mm-hmm. smacking backboard. I remember the day I smacked backboard, like, I was playing yes. people one-on-one. But I wasn't really trying to score. I just wanted to smack back well as I laid it up. And, like, yes. I was missing the layups, but I was so Fuck excited. It. Bow! <laughs> <laughs> and we had these we had these little goals, like side goals, that yeah. everybody dunked on. And I remember the day I got my growth spread and could dunk. And I'm people so being like, oh, shit, little Phil dunking. Yeah. All that shit felt like like some sort of graduation day. <laughs> I could drop out of school right now. I came what I came. I got what I came for. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder if that dude that smacked the back of your head, like, if he went on to be like a barber, because you know they smacked the alcohol on the back of your head. At oh, no, the he's end. a rapper. And he's a, <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah, I follow him. <laughs> you shitting me? You think that nigga just gonna pop up on me again? Not oh, no, sir. that's hilarious. No, sir. <laughs> He's like, nah, I follow him. <laughs> and, and I listen to his bars, make sure he ain't rapping about no eighth grade fights. You know what I'm <laughs> if he distort, Yo, that's the record, hilarious. <laughs> if he distort the record, I'm coming out with an LP on God. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. And make sure you don't drop no C Reynolds diss tracks. I don't want to hear no C Reynolds bars, bro. That's funny. Like if you remember um, Eminem when he first came out, he had a song. What is that song called? Damn, it's slipping my memory. But his first album, and he names his bully D'Angelo Bailey, <laughs> and then D'Angelo Bailey sued him. Oh, I think he lost, but it was a <laughs> level of like, man, you gonna add insult to injury? You used to kick my ass, and now you're trying to kick my ass in court. Yeah. So yeah, you do gotta be careful, like. You ever see a comedian drop a real name in the uh, special and you go, I wonder if that's really. Because I think black people are very careful about like snitching. So you change all names and stories. I did not change the name. His name is Steve. (laughs) Okay, well, you didn't give a last name. It's a billion Steves out there. All right. But you know what? He, he's the only black Steve in the Poconos. He's the only black Steve in the Poconos. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. This dude's rapping from the Poconos? 
I'm, I'm, I mean, all right, put it like this. Ain't nobody from the Poconos from the Poconos. You know okay, I mean? it's like neighborhood surrounding. No, no, no. Like, he's from Brooklyn. He was born in Brooklyn, and he moved out to the Poconos in, like, eighth grade. And he was uh, I mean, the most. Like, who are you, nigga? Anyway, <laughs> I, like, I'm, from, I'm from the Bronx. Like, I was born in the Bronx, and I moved out to the Poconos. Like, nobody's actually from the Poconos. I guess that's true, though. You yeah. know, y'all out there in the witness protection program. Yeah, my daddy killed him, man. <laughs> For smacking him in the back of his head. <laughs> right at the barbershop. Fuck that out the hall. But nah, uh, I actually kind of learned what you're saying. I lived in Buffalo for what? Almost a year, but I'll say 10 months before I said, all right, this has been fun. <laughs> Let me get the fuck on over to New York City. But no, everyone from Buffalo was from Brooklyn, yeah. Bronx, Queens. <clears throat> And was just like, yo, it's too crowded. It's too expensive. So I'm gonna keep it real. The people that move out like that are usually like the rejects of New York. Hmm. It's like, man, I couldn't cut it. I moved out. But I get that. I like, I look at some comics that came to New York and like, I guess we'll call it dropped out, flunked out, or just decided it wasn't for them. And you go, you know what? I think that's better than like. You ever meet somebody in the city and they tell you they do comedy, but you've never seen them? Mm, yeah. And you're like, hmm. Because in a sense, you feel like they're lying to themselves. It's like, it's like, are you doing comedy or are you like joking? Or like, has you did a... comedy? Like, done yes. it. I've done it twice and then realized it was too hard. That's where I relate to the part where you said they couldn't cut it. Yeah. Yeah. But, like I said, I think the person that packs it up and moves home is more honest. Of, like, I ain't even going to keep lying to the family saying I'm doing that thing I said I was going to do when I came out here. I like seeing people pivot. Like, I I was doing comedy, but I really like alternative music. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a hard pivot right there. Now they dropping albums and shit. Yeah, yeah, dropping albums. But yeah, man, that's, in a sense, it's sad. And I mean, I ain't gonna lie, I thought that for myself when I moved out here, because, you know, so many people move away from home, and then you see them the next year, and they're like, well, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, damn, man, a lot of of tragic stories. But I've been lucky. I only had one roommate for eight years, so... Yeah, I got super lucky. And I mean, he's a comic. He was doing comedy before yes. and then stopped like four or five years in. So, again, somebody that I think is more self-aware because, like I said, it'd be a lot of people lying to themselves. Oh, man, dude, it, it's uh, I, I remember I said this. In, I remember what comics I said this in front of. But I'm like, sometimes we, we need to just like thin the herd. Like maybe this COVID shit is for the best. And you know what sucks about the COVID thing is I feel like I saw the good people leave, the people I like. Yeah, that's true. And then you look and you see laughing Buddha open mic still. Great. Bring me six people online and you're just like, this is crazy. (laughs) It's 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 a weird thing that like that that genre of like comics will never leave. You know what I mean? The, yeah, I know, the, man. The forever aspirers, you know what I mean? Like, And that's another thing where it's like, like we'd rather be broke. Yeah. 
like I saw a comic with like four years, maybe three years of comedy experience teaching a comedy class. Ugh. It was like two hundred dollars or something. And you go like, ah, fuck, I'd rather be broke. Like, I, I don't want to do that. That sounds and terrible. And you I felt like, feel like as a as a true artist, like you're not against people making money, but just just something about that, right? I mean, I, I would have to see a tape of this killing on a regular, like, like if, I don't know, like if Phil Hunt came out with a show, with, with, a, with a class of like, hey, interacting with the audience, making it seamless. I'd be like, <laughs> all right, I've seen him do that. I've seen him do that on a regular basis. I'll let him get money in this class. But if, you know, brand new comic Michael so-and-so just pops up like, hey, I figured it out. Yeah, you you almost don't want to get it to a point of like, you don't want to restrict it to a point of like certifications. But I'm insulted that you can that you think you you have yeah that you can just start one like anybody can. Well, you know, I'm, you can just kind of make up stuff. Start a nude painting class, like uh, the um in Times Square, you know that the um the guys that dress up like Spider Man. Mm. oh yeah yeah so remember they had an issue where a few rogue spider-mans um did did not accept that great power with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> and like you know the people were wasn't tipping and they like took it upon themselves to punch them wow. or to you know be rude or like you know what i'm saying of like they deboed them basically shook their pockets and so the cops, which has to be, be the most hilarious cop call ever. Those are 911 tapes that I would want to hear. Like, yo, Spider-Man just shook me down in Times Square. And then the cop is like, okay, but which one of them? <laughs> so anyway, the way they solved it was they made them get licenses. Ah. So I, anytime I hear about comedians doing stuff like that, I'm like... We need fucking licenses. I've, I've thought of that. I've thought of a fucking comedy union where it's like you gotta like you can't just say you're a comedian. You know what I mean? Because so many yeah. people like I know this girl I went to college with. Like she's a she's an actress. She's a good actress, but she did comedy one time at an open mic, and within that week, comedian was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold, on, hold on. Right. I didn't call myself a comedian until like I was five years old. Yeah. It was right. a time where I said like I'm still trying. I'm still getting my feet wet. Like I was still yes. talking scared shit. I guess, but it was a respect. I nah, think. but then that you respected the craft yeah, yeah, where like, you were like, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not really a comedian a, yet. <laughs> yeah, you you respected the craft. That's and funny. That I wonder is. if like strippers feel the same way. I hope so. <laughs> Porn stars like hmm, you got to fuck at least three times on camera, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it it's crazy and like yeah, at a certain point, I do think like like even an actor, there's a separation because it's like, but are you in SAG? Right, 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 right. Because yeah, a lot of people you know took an acting of- class or two. Took mm-hmm. it in college, and then they're like, "I'm an actor too." 
It's like, I don't know. These people got MFAs. You know what I mean? And there's been a big shift in the culture. Like, I started comedy in 06 and, like, around 2008-ish, that area. Uh-huh. People would ask me, and when I would tell them a com- I was a comedian, they would get be genuinely interested. Of like, oh, that's interesting. Where do you do it? Yeah, you know that's cool. And now I meet people, and I tell them that, and they kind of all go, "Oh, I'm, man, I'm funny too." Uh-huh. You check out my Instagram. I be saying all types of funny you shit. Feel- oh my god! I, er- I got people from school, like college and shit. Like, I think I'm gonna start comedy. I'm like, I I, I think you should too. But like, why? Why do you think? He says I'm funny. I'm like, ah, I already know what you're hitting for. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's crazy, man. Um, but we about to check out here. I got like a few more questions or topics I'll run through with you, but yeah, probably in the next ten minutes I get you off here. I know you're checking your watch. Like, hold on. Hey, man, but uh, what, what was I gonna ask you? Oh, four twenty. You have a good four twenty, man. Absolutely. I I did uh I did the smoke break show on 420. Uh, we did it at a new location. This uh this lady gave me this big ass edible, and I uh I pretty much stuttered for the rest of the night. You great. stuttered. I was, you know, like when you can't get your words out. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they they they're in your brain, but you got a, a letter at a time. Yeah. I was like, man, this lady is fucking up my night. Like I'm trying to talk to people. I'm like, y'all ready for your ninja? Ah, shit. Mm. <laughs> I only did one edible, and I called my mother. I think I told her some secrets that I wasn't supposed to tell her. And I remember looking at the phone and being like, three hours? <laughs> and at the time, I lived in Buffalo, so I was a few states away. And I wrote a bunch of jokes, and they were hilarious. And I woke up the next day, looked at the paper, and said, I don't even know what the fuck that said. <laughs> And that was the only time I ever did them. And, of course, I made the rookie mistake. The dude told me, hey, man, potent shit a little yeah. bit at a time. I ate a little bit and went, I don't feel shit. Mm. Kept eating it. So, yeah. Because, you know, I always see those people that are, like, under the bridge shadow boxing. <laughs> and, and they just popped a, a brain vessel or whatever and ain't yeah. been right since. Yeah. So I just always nervous of like, man, <laughs> I feel like you can get so high or like a certain type of brain pattern and you bust your shit and be that guy shadow boxing. That, that's PCP. You worry about the wrong shit. Come over here. To, uh, <laughs> come over here. To that's PCP. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I know not to do that because I saw, uh, oh, years ago, there was a rap group named Brother Lynch Hung. Do you remember them? God, no. Who's that? What's on they say? They were like that weird horror rap core is what they called it. Nah, nah, nah. I wasn't on that. So that was like, um, what's the dude? Hobson now. And okay, then, yeah. I think, oh, Tech 9 is kind of like that. Okay. So it's like almost goth rap in a sense. It was all the weird kids in high school. But anyway, <laughs> long story short, they had a member named Big Lurch. All and right. they said he was high on PCP and he wound up eating a pregnant lady's stomach and like killed her and everything, his girlfriend. So once I read that, I crossed PCP off the list. So, like, can't try that. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, yeah. The, the, so you got a new new venue popping because that old venue, man, that was sweet. Oh, man. I, I miss it. I ain't going to lie. That, that venue was everything high ass feelings. 
And that's that's why, like I said, you know, you sit in the house Sundays and just get sad because it's like it felt like the scene was like really about to bust, man. And like I hate to say that, man. Like I, I had such a great March planned. You, you know, like, when you have like a good like run of shows where you're like, this will get me a good April. If I right. do, if I do this well March, if I do this March right, I can get a good April out of it. And yeah. I'm like, this will be my this how this how I'm gonna start my book. And then yeah. <laughs> and I came through and did the sketch and then I came back again to do oh, a yeah. set. And I mean, obviously, thank you for having me, but like I said, just checking out that scene, I was like, oh man, this is like I don't want to say classy. What's the word I'm looking for? It just had its own vibe. Yeah, it was it was it was it was gonna upscale. It was like it was like real chill, but it was like you could tell you was in a decent spot. Even the uh way we had to go up, like in the in the freezer, <laughs> like the elevator. Yeah. I remember I got off on the wrong floor. They damn near put my ass to work. <laughs> They're like, hey, grab a box. <laughs> hey, fuck it. I got a job now. I, I ain't gonna make the show, Courtney. But Courtney, uh, I ain't gonna be I ain't gonna be that. <laughs> they paying yeah, for that, that, that was a that was a dope room, man. And 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 you know, the pair was popping. It, it was so much new stuff popping that it was yeah. just like, I, you know, old man hustle in Brooklyn. That it just the scene felt like it was getting some new life. Yeah, man. Horseplay was coming up. I, I had just done horseplay like on March eighth, and like did like fifteen, almost twenty minutes of just fun, my nigga. Like just fun. Like you ever just have fun? Yeah. Like I I don't remember what jokes I told. I was fucking with people. It was just fun. Yeah. And next day they were like, everybody stay home. Right. Just being isolated. Yeah. I did an audition like March 10th and the, they were like, yeah, just hit us up next weekend. <laughs> there was no next week. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just forever laughing at myself. Like, boy, you, got the, you got the worst timing. <laughs> like, but uh, be on this on this award winning television. Show? Hello. <laughs> yeah man worst fucking time and but that shit didn't feel personal because it was like all right well it ain't just comedians every entertainer they're t- touring his dad and then you hear the rich comics you know oh oh well comedy ain't coming back to 2022 or 2023 and it's like yeah i hate to tell you this but that's because you're rich chris rock you know what i'm saying love you favorite comedian but hey we're gonna be out here in 2020 and that was the like irony with them, you know, telling everybody stay home, and like Ellen is filming from her mansion, mm. and you can see like the pool, <laughs> <laughs> the butler. Nope. Hey, everybody just got pissed. You know, like what? You motherfuckers recording in your mansions? Were you out during during twenty like the summer summer of twenty twenty? Oh, you know, New York opened briefly, right? And yeah, like doing shows, I mean, in the parks, yeah, which I always felt safe outside. It, my uh mind for some reason just says that COVID is less outside in the sun, like, sure, that's just whatever my rationale is. That's yeah. not scientific. I used the same one, but the parks and the parks are fun, but it just feels almost like a simulation, right. Because you also need the walls for the laughter to kind of bounce off. Bounce of. back, right? So I all call them shit suboxone to the heroin that I need. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's exactly. like it's good. It's, it, the receptors are clicking, but I am not high. And it's so opposite of you know our typical whatever because it's like 
the goal is to have a sold out show packed house. Mm-hmm. And now when you're limiting capacity, it's like, what? Can I say I kind of like it though? Do you? The uh, like half half staff room because it's like I I don't know. But maybe I'm, I'm I like the intimacy of it a little bit more, but it's a little more control. It's like those people definitely want to be there, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. The smaller rooms have been good. I, I've liked them so far, like since since the restrictions and all that. And I'll say that's the good of the whole pandemic is that um the um crowd is just as starved as we are yes yeah. like they've watched all of netflix all of hulu the whole nine so they need, they need reality right now like one show i did in a park they marked it as like a public place it was weird but the cops ran us off and we just went down the way in the park and it, i was surprised the audience got up with us and went <laughs> to the other location Wow. And I said right then, like, yo, when comedy come back, it's going to be major because people are Netflixed out. And I I mean, I don't know how, you know, religious or spiritual you are, but like, I always took it as like, that was God's way of telling us, like, we weren't appreciating interacting with each other Mm. to the point that we were on our phones in public so much. Like, you know, you could go into a bar and 2007 and people are interacting hey where you from you know what do you do right then i remember being at a bar last year and just looking around and just everybody was on their phone yeah that's a funny point you make because i i I strolled down to um to the grizzly pair last night like down like down mcdougal and shit and it was elbow to elbow packed on that Mm -hmm. outside things were going and it legit looked like 2007, 2008, where it was like people was really talking to each other. Like it wasn't like I'm staring at my phone. People mm-hmm. were taking pictures. It was like a party where everybody was like just happy to see each other. Yeah, because people always had the vibe of, ah, there are people in this bar with me, but the people in my phone are cooler. Right. And it's like motherfuckers will be on Tinder and it's like, bro, there are three girls sitting next to you. <laughs> what are you doing on Tinder? <laughs> I think I think we now realize that we've seen the whole internet. So it's like, trust me, I, I know there's nothing better going Yeah, on. I think we definitely got some appreciation. But I wanted to ask you, uh, with the dispensary and stuff, they legalize weed in New York, right? Or they're going to. It is legal now. Yeah, it's recreational. Because I'm not a uh, smoker, so I don't too much in depth i'm a little jealous of you guys i'm a drinker um you still got to get the brown paper bag treatment (laughs) exactly Uh, so no they they actually legalized it they legalized it i mean i don't don't know what's going on as far as like the sale of it like Hmm. i remember in dc they they said all right you, you legalize recreational weed but you can't sell it so what the niggas was doing was they was like all right well i'm gonna sell you this song Right, like I'm gonna come over. I'm gonna sing a song for you for fifty dollars, and as a gift, I'm gonna give you some weed because you're my friend and shit. That's funny. I'm trying to remember. Um, what's the joint? Half baked, right? Yeah. Wasn't that kind of the, the thing they was doing? Was it? I I want to say that was set like, oh, I sold you this card, not the weed or something like that. Right, something like probably. I don't I don't, I don't remember now. With Mister, uh, I gotta watch that joint. Mister Nice Guy. Mr. Nice Guy and uh, Samson. Yeah. 
the doctor said I gotta have a bacchiotomy. <laughs> that that's one of the funniest that like Chappelle's throwaway bars are better. Than Get away from me, bitch. <laughs> Doctors a bacchiotomy, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get up off the floor. <laughs> but uh, I'll ask you this and we'll, we'll get off here. What What are the Sixers doing, man? What's your playoff predictions? Uh, uh, first off, uh, I'm going to say fuck the Celtics. Uh, I am. I uh, I don't know, man. I think I think we're definitely conference finals. Conference finals. I, I love Ben Simmons. I, I don't like the Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers has put him as a point guard. I think if you just put him as a small forward, right, <laughs> that he would play so much better. When I watch him, I see Grant Hill. Mm. And Grant Hill was not a point guard, but like off the ball. But he can't shoot. True. Grant Hill learned to shoot. And I think that's what the players miss now when they don't stay in college. It's just like Ben Simmons had a game against LSU. I think, well, no, he played for LSU. Who was this game against? Anyway, he had under 10 points, and it was because they zoned him. Right, right. And they were forcing him to shoot, and it was just very clear of, like, and that used to be the thing that, you know, from one year to the next, and like I said, with Grant Hill even, you go back and watch him at Duke, he starts off just athletic forward, and then slowly, I think the second year, he learns to shoot, and I think he leaves after that. And, I mean, he he never was a great shooter, Right. At least not early in his career, because he did become a shooter by the end after all them injuries. But I think if Ben played another year in college. Well, and I mean, I think I think here's the thing with Ben, right? He's actually a power forward. Right. But he is he doesn't create as good a mismatch at power forward that he would on the wing. Right. Yeah. He's useless as a shooter, so you can't put him at the two or the three. Because hmm. the mismatch isn't really there. It's only strength. So we yeah. the best mismatch is having him be capable of guarding the point guard, bullying the point guard. Because then what happens is you, you they force a switch, so now the small forward or the power forward is guarding Ben, or even the center is guarding Ben. Yeah, and that, that Our that's... guard is playing a big man. That's a great point. And, it, you know, it's so crazy. And, I mean, I hate to sound like an old-ass man, but it's like the post game is almost non-existent. I mean, Embiid is one of the few people that utilizes it. But when we were coming up, I remember, like, Gary Payton playing in the post. Like, right. every team, the offense ran through the post, and then they would kick out for threes. It's like a last resort. And now you feel like the threes the first damn resort. And it's just like, what is even – sometimes I watch games and I just – I get a headache of like, yo, this is all Mike D'Antoni's fault. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's like, a, there was a play earlier this show. year where, I don't know if you remember, but the uh, Denver the game. Was, yeah. 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 And, like, as a as a real hooper, you look at it and just go, I'm like, in the hell? Like, like only one of y'all should have ran out to the three-point line. Right, Some where all three of them ran out to the three-point line. And, I mean, Jamal Murray did the right thing. He was getting double teamed. So, <laughs> Kick it Let to me the get back. it to one of y'all. He, I think he even held his dribble a little bit longer because he was waiting on somebody to just cut to the basket. Yep, it's a, it's a crazy game now. Like the the post, the whole post game is just crash. It's not even like set up. I tell you, if you if you gave Ben Simmons two picks and sent him to the post to to post up a guard, that's twenty four points a game. 
Yeah, but they just don't seem to do it. But he plays really good defense. And like I said, I, I, I like that Embiid's one of the few big guys that embraces being big, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he's been pounded. Do you think he's the MVP? Uh, I think he is, but I, um, the Nuggets need to lose some more. Oh, yeah, because joking. And they are because Murray's out. Exactly. I think if the Nuggets lose a bunch of games to close the season, He'll he'll take it, but they want to give it to Joker so bad. They I, do, don't they? I'm like, he's trash. Like the the Sun, I like number one and two in the West because the Clippers and the Lakers are are hurt or whatever. Yeah, that's so funny that yeah everybody's getting hurt. They're like, oh look at the, he's he's got his team top of the West. I'm like, barely. We're actually top of the East. And our, I said the same thing when I seen it of like. Oh, the Jazz, Suns, and whoever. But I said, look, when LeBron gets back, y'all know what time it is. Y'all know what time it is. And that like, division is the toughest division. We playing the Celtics, the Knicks. The the Knicks are good. The Nets. Bro, the Knicks. I know. You, can you know what's crazy? It's like, like, I went outside the other day or whatever, went down to the village, like you were saying, McDougal. And I saw, like, five Knicks hats. And I was just like, oh, no. And a lot of them look brand new. Yeah. Yeah, you know that. It's like, oh, y'all doing that thing? Y'all don't want a few games now. Y'all fans again? We got we got fifteen games. We could very much lose every season, or at least this season. The Nuggets yeah. are playing the the Timberwolves. They're playing the the fucking. It's definitely Celtics. between them and them too. But like I said, I I, I like Jokic's game. But like I said, it, I think it's gonna come down to whoever finishes with the better record. I hope so. But it's good that we even got two big men as MVPs because I that feel like crazy, right? this is what we grew up with, you know, Shaq or Duncan. Who's it going to? Carl Which is still bothers me that Steve Nash has two and Kobe only had one. The great white hype. You know, it was great. He even said it as the Brooklyn coach. Yeah. He was like, ah, well, no, I think he said he got the job because of because everybody was like, well, what about Mark Jackson? And what about this person and that person? And what, uh, yeah, he, he, uh, <laughs> he admitted it for the coach. I'm waiting on him to admit it for the MVP because it just did not sit right with me that Iverson has won. Kevin Garnett, that I think was one of the best players of that era, won. Shaq won. What has he got? Four in championships and only one. Kobe, what? Five championships? They got lazy in that era. Like in the in the Steve Nash days, they got lazy. It's just like, oh, what who we've been talking about all season. Yeah, go with him. Well, I could tell you, like, how do I say this? Just that, like, people that team, and I mean, you know me, like, I, I think we're both in the NBA group. Mm. And and I've already mentioned it. Dan Tony, like, if I could go in a time machine and get rid of Dan Tony, I would. And I feel like people overhype that Suns and the way they played. It's like it such a fun team to watch, though, bro. And like every every player had had a had a specialty. It was like a superhero team with no superheroes. Yeah, I I did enjoy watching like the Joe Johnson when he was there, Quentin Richardson, mm-hmm. Amari. Get about Barbosa. That was the six Barbosa. Name. They were fun. Was they truly fun. were. And like when they were battling Kobe, and I think they beat him that year when he had Smush Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when they ran into uh, uh, San Antonio. Yeah, and see, but like I said, it's like 
if I could go back in time because that son's people still talk, and I'm just like, they didn't win nothing. They ain't win shit. <laughs> and I feel like it's because they're white, because I feel like the second LeBron got good, where's his championship? <laughs> and it's like they wouldn't let you enjoy a dunk. It's like, did you see when um Anthony Edwards, the rookie for the Timberwolves? Yeah. He got that dunk off. Hell yeah. And somebody went on Twitter and went, yeah, but he's three for 13. And, and it, everybody just got pissed. Who cares? I'm like, bro, enjoy the fucking moment. He just ended a man's career because that nigga got <laughs> traded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Rocket Raptors no more. Oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> You've embarrassed our family. I got to look out. that up. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. See, he, he impaled himself with a sword. <laughs> but yeah, Ooh, man. In the just, woods. <laughs> like, uh, I, the only comparison I have for Dan Sonny, because I bring him up so much, it's just like, ugh. Horrible basketball, like even Harden. I'm a big Harden fan, and I look at Harden and I say, "Yo, even Kobe and like T Mac, they were decent passers. Mm. Harden is at the top of the list in scoring and assists. He's an amazing passer. He's a point, and you couldn't get him to a championship. Now, I excuse the two years that Durant was in Golden State; it was just unfair, right? But there were years before that, and one year they even got to the conference finals. But no, that wasn't with D'Antoni. But, like I said, it's like, dude, you got a weapon like Harden. He's and when amazing. I watched last year, they played without a fucking center. And I'm just like, why y'all center-phobic? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Remember they had P.J. Tucker out there and Anthony Davis. There's a play where he catches in the post, looks back, and just kind of laughs. It's like, what is this? And just scores. of so like, come on. And what's crazy, they had Tyson Chandler. They had bodies on the floor, on the, on the team. Right. And they, they and you know you know what D'Antoni said? This motherfucker goes, they said, well, people thought you were crazy in Phoenix because you were kind of playing small ball with Amarius Center. Right. And he goes, I, I think I didn't get crazy enough. Mm-hmm. So he doubled down on it by, like you said, removing Chandler. And who did he have? Clint Capella. Clint Capella. Traded him for block shots. And, and, you know, that team, he's on Atlanta now. And, I mean, they look good, him and Trey Young running the pick and roll. Right. And he took over his coach there in, like, fourth place. And it's like, why would you get rid of – what are you doing? Yeah. So he doubled down on the crazy, but – I'll let you get the hell off here, man. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for doing this thing. Appreciate it. Tell the people where they can find you at. If you got any shows, this comes out Monday. Monday. Uh, So if you got any shows, then plug your handles and all that. Well, you know, you can see me on Full Court Comedy, Instagram, everything like that. Um, That's about it, man. Full Court Comedy, anywhere you can see. Oh, Smoke Break Comedy underscore. Um, you can go see my comedy shows. That they're gonna, I'm probably gonna be doing it weekly because I think I got like some more venues. So I might I might do this uh, pop up venue bounce around type of thing with Smoke Break. So looking out for some more dope shit. Cool. And I'm I'm, I'm gonna say one more thing because I I, I want to know if you remember this. Which Karma Lounge, one of my favorite spots to perform. Yes. I remember the first time I ever seen you. I think you did a joke about Tar Heels. Ah, yeah, hell yeah. And it was so funny because I remember you came off stage and I kind of said to you, damn, I ain't know that. Because <laughs> you were saying like black people and that was why they called them Tar Heels. And you came off stage and I said to you, I ain't know that. And you looked at me and said, nigga, I made that up. 
That's one of my favorite memories ever in comedy. Because I was so sincere. Like, when I go upstairs, I'm going to Google that shit. I need to find out what I've been missing. I hate North Carolina. Fuck. <laughs> That's why I like Duke. But nah, uh, let me plug my handles per usual. Y'all can find me at I am Phil Hunt on all social media. Uh, send me some hate mail. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks, Courtney. Absolutely.